adopted, adopted, and adopted again. How can a person be adopted three times? Thanks for joining us today on Fresh Faith. We are about to share an amazing story of high times, hard times, and the hand of God. Here's Ron Moore and Lorraine Shipman as they talk about the amazing things that God has been doing in her life. So you guys are at the Bible Chapel, you're doing ministry, things are going well, a lot of stuff going on here, and then you decide to take spit in a tube, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> My next chapter is I spit in a tube. Um, yeah, so this is really funny. I mean, I have never had the desire to find my birth parents because of what I've been through. But, you know, as being adopted, you're still, I mean, it's frustrating every time you go to the doctors, they ask, give us your family history. I mean, I feel like they should have in big letters, she's adopted, don't ask her every time <laughs> she comes. I mean, it's annoying. Um, and there was some questions on my medical that I've had over the years of, if my birth mother had taken a certain pill, you know, that could, could explain some of the issues that I've had. Um, so I was curious about that and obviously curious of where I came from, my ancestry. So I had watched, um, anyone that knows me knows I love a great deal and the Today Show and GMA does steals and deals and I typically watch them every week to see what deal they have. And back in August, the Today Show had 23andMe. Well, I had never heard of 23andMe. I had heard of Ancestry.com, and it was 50% off. And so I thought, I don't know. And I start doing some research and reading reviews, and the reviews are just all over the place, um, saying that they're not right. You know, they had triplets on there, and they didn't come out with the same DNA, you know, of their ancestry. And so I was like, I don't know. And I'm kind of cheap, too. I love deals, but I still can be cheap. <laughs> So I decide not to do it, but I found the next couple of days, I keep looking online to read reviews. So I decide, let me check out if Amazon has 23andMe kit because I have Amazon points. And I was actually saving my Amazon points to buy an Apple Watch, but I'm like, I bet Mark will buy one for my birthday, so I don't need to use my points. And so I'm like, it was on there, and I decide I'm gonna use my points and buy the kit. So I get the kit, I tell Mark about it, which is funny, because if you ask Mark, like after all the facts, he was thinking in his mind, this is so stupid, it's a waste of money, but if that's how she wants to spend her points, <laughs> she can do that. Um, so I spit in a tube, which is a lot harder than you think, because there's a certain level you have to get, and you send it off, and it takes you know four or five weeks to get it back. And so on September 25th, I get the results back in an email, and I go online and I'm looking at um, my ancestry, which is kind of funny because it's exactly what I was told about being adopted, that I was British and French. And then I looked at the health portion. That was the whole reason I did 23andMe because they have a health portion to it. So I could find at least what runs, you know, genetics run in my, in my blood, in my system. And I wasn't looking for family. I joked to Mark, maybe I'll find a fourth or fifth cousin, you know, but I knew I've never had any luck through medical records of getting any information. What are the chances? And so after I looked at the health portion, which everything was great, except for my vision, which I already knew that. <laughs> so I guess in Mark's defense, it could have been a waste of money. <laughs> um, 
But I'm like, I'll just look on the relative part. And I pull it up and it says, David Mexico, we predict he's your father. You share 50% DNA. Hmm. And I was like, what? I remember it said we with, predict he's your father. We predict wow. he's your father. So you can do messenger on there, just like on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And so I sent him a message and, you know, it was very short. It was pretty much, I'm new to 23andMe. I'm not sure what to think, but my question is, did you put up someone for adoption 45 years ago? Two days later, I hear back. So um, he said, what's your birthday? So he doesn't answer my question, just asks what's my uh, birthday. And at first I was like, that's too much personal information. I told Mark, I'm like, I'm not sure about this. And Mark's like, there's nothing he can get on your birthday. I had no personal information on there, it just said LS, it just had my initials. And so I told him my birthday um, and you know, Mark gave me a great suggestion. Tell him you live a great life. You're not, you're not crazy. You're not looking for anything. And so I did that. And then I said, again, what state? And he came back and all he said was California. Hmm. And I was like, so my communication back to him, I pretty much was like, I can't imagine what you're thinking, but I'm going to leave this up to you if you want to continue communications. And he told me he was that nobody knew about me and that him and my mom were talking about it at that moment. They're still together. They've been married for 45 years. Um, and he told me at that time I have two siblings. So I, I kind of wanted to, I lightened the mood a little bit and, you know, kind of just thanking him, you know, for putting me up for adoption. Mm -hmm. We all know there's other options. And, um, shared with them kind of my funny story about my brother, you know, to kind of lighten the mood. And he had responded back that they had a good laugh about that. Well, at the same time that all of this was happening, when they find out, you know, they have found their daughter, they had their niece and her husband had passed away um, within 10 days. And so that's kind of the reason, look, now my dad's told me that's kind of why he was very short because my mom wasn't there. She was caring for her sister who had a three-year-old grandbaby to take care of now. So they had actually at that time asked for a few weeks for them to process this death they were going through. And they gave me their email address. And so of course I responded back, you know, I'm praying for you guys and um, take your time and here's my email address when you're ready. And so during this time too, um, by the time that last date, it probably was September 30th, you know, and my birthday's October 5th. And so, as you can imagine, my emotions were all over the place. One, I didn't even know this was something I wanted. Um, I wasn't sure they would want me. I mean, my life was a roller coaster. You, you remember us coming and asking for prayer because mm -hmm. I didn't even know. I didn't know if I wanted family. What if they're crazy? I have plenty of crazy in my life. You know, I didn't need more of that. And I was scared of being rejected. And so I, it's funny, I remember you praying for us and I kind of felt like you didn't really know how to pray. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's probably the first time I've ever heard Ron just kind of just try and give a prayer that he didn't know how to pray. Um, but the one thing that stuck out from that prayer to me was Ron asking to guard my heart. And that became like my thing I thought of often and prayed about, God, 
guard my heart through this. Um, so my birthday passed, and I was thinking, well, they know it's my birthday, you know, and I don't hear from them. So then I'm beginning to think, I may not hear from them. Um, so the emotions were everywhere. I was, I was crying. I don't even know why I'm crying. You know, this is something I've never wanted. It's something I've never desired. Um, but it's all sitting in front of me. What do, I, what do I even do with this? And I have such a distorted view on family that I'm like, well, what does family even look like? Um, Mark, on the other hand, was beyond excited. I guess he's always wanted to know about my birth family. And he actually was a little much at that time. He, I think like early on, he's like, maybe we'll go there for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, I don't even know if I want that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I didn't hear from him on my birthday. That was pretty devastating for you, wasn't it? When the, you didn't hear from him. Yeah, anymore. it actually really was. Because I, I knew they obviously knew right. my birthday. Um, and I, I guess there was a little bit of hope that I would hear from him mm -hmm. for my birthday. So yeah, that was real difficult. Yeah. My mom, Gail, sent me an email, um, probably one of the most beautiful emails I've ever seen, never could read. Um, I actually brought it because I wanted to share a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my first communication from my parents of just an email, she wrote on October 8th is, Dear Lorraine, we are struggling over how to begin this letter to someone we hope will let us enter a life. We want you to know, though life has gone on and time has passed, you've always remained in our thoughts and prayer. We could never forget you, and the time around your birthday has always been difficult for us. We hope you can feel our love. We pray that your life was slash is a good one. And then they go on kind of telling a little bit about each of them. And then she goes... Like I said before, we met when we were 16, we had you when we were 18, and got married when we were 19. It was a very difficult decision for us to put you up for adoption, but felt it was the best option for you. You have siblings, Valerie and Michael. Both are married and have two kids each. We're both in good health, except the usual aches and pains of getting older. There's so much more to tell you, and we hope you'll let us do so in person. We felt for the longest time we didn't have the right to disrupt your life. So here we are, afraid you will reject us, but praying you will want to know us. We know that we cannot go back and get back the years, but we hope we can have the future in whatever way you're prepared to let us be part of your life. No matter how you respond, know we will always love you in our hearts and we'll always be sorry you had to be adopted and we could not raise you. With all our love, David and Gail, the other parents who have never forgotten you. Man, so talk about, so when you read that the first time, talk about your emotions. I just remember being in such disbelief. Um, the, them revealing that they've always loved me, when that's been the thing I always struggled with, is mm -hmm. why can't anyone love me? And knowing that that was the very, when I tell my story, that's the first thing is I was put up for adoption, you know, mm -hmm. is that, and knowing that they have a desire to know me was just kind of, it was, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around. Mm -hmm. And I felt like in an instant, God ruined my story, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I shared my testimony a hundred times. I'd had it pat. And all of a sudden God's like, whoop, flip it around. And I think 
I just knew it was all God in this because um, especially as, as we continue and share the story is nobody else could have orchestrated this. I mean, at that time, I also, there was a song that really touched me and it was God's Not Done With You. Um, I think his name's Torin Wills. And he talks about that fear of, you know, you've been through all these trials, you've been through, and you just have this fear. You have wounds and you have scars. And that God's not done with your story. You know, he's, he's, he's got more, you know. And so God is just completely, 46 years later, just flipped the story around and revealed to me, my birth parents have always loved me. They love me just like he's always loved me. You know, so it's beautiful to think of my father loves me, but also my birth father loves me. You know, I mean, I would have never imagined that. But it was still, I mean, even for Mark and I, uh, well, how does this work? What does this even look like, you know, in our mind? And, you know, my biggest fear was telling them what I had been through. Yeah, so tell that part because now they are inviting you into their life at some level. You don't know exactly right. how this is going. But when they uh, gave you up for adoption, you had some difficult years. So do you keep that from them or do you say, look, here it is, here's what happened to me, and then we'll just have to go from there. I communicated in my first email to them. So, um, and I'm gonna share how I, how I wrote it to them. So I told Gail and David, I was, hello, Gail and David. Thank you for your letter, it touched my heart. It's been a crazy couple of weeks with emotions all over the place, mainly the fear of rejection, and what does this look like moving forward? Two things a few of my friends have been praying for me, guard my heart and trust in God's timing. I feel your letter was beautiful and refreshing to start this new chapter. And then I wrote about me growing up in San Diego, a little bit about my personality and stuff. And then I said, this may be hard to read and process, but no, this doesn't define me and I wouldn't be who I am today without these experiences. My life has been tough, but in no way have I ever thought if I wasn't adopted, it would be different. I'm not that type of person to be stuck in the past wondering. Me telling you this isn't to make you feel guilty or regret the decision. It's to give you a little understanding of who I am, why I do what I do, and perhaps be proud. I've attached my story slash testimony for you to read. This is something I've always struggled with. How do I share my challenges I faced growing up? And it played a major role in why I was okay not finding my birth parents. I have always believed you put me up for adoption because you wanted the best for me. I never thought anything less. As you mentioned in your letter, we cannot go back and get back those years. And to be honest, I wouldn't be who I am today. When I think of myself and how I got through the challenges, I think of the word strength with a big cross as the T. The strength I've had over the years, I've often wondered whom I got that from because I know my outcome is not the norm. It's almost the unbelievable story of how can she demonstrate strength and have this joy with everything she's been through. From a young age, I used being adopted for the reason I wasn't like them and wasn't gonna be them. It didn't run in my blood. Thankfully, that thought process kept me from being a train wreck. I used the church and youth group to escape my home life. I feel the church is what kept me from being the normal statistic. Throughout my life, God has placed people in my life to fill the voids, and help me along the way. Please don't reflect on the past or what ifs. It doesn't do any good, plus I'm not doing that. 
And that's what I basically shared with them. I wrapped it up saying, I know that's a lot to soak in. Um, let me know if you have any questions. I don't have a problem talking about my past and that I look forward to continuing to get to know them and hear more, hear, hear more from them. So you laid it out. This I did. I laid it out. Um, you know, I just felt it was important. I didn't want that. When when is the best time to tell them? Mm -hmm. It was a little difficult. Um, I think they're older, so I think they're not the best with technology. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we didn't really get a response at all. So a couple of times we were like, "Did you get my email?" You know. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I know it's not easy for them to hear. It's it's. I can tell it's difficult to talk about putting me up for adoption. Um, my dad will ask a little bit of questions, my birth dad, a little bit of questions of my past and stuff. So mm -hmm. I know it's, it's a lot. It's a lot for anyone to hear. So you have the story going back and forth and then you say, okay, we're flying out and we're gonna be with this, my family yeah, so on Thanksgiving. So you fly out to California and you meet uh, your mom and your dad and your whole family for the very first time. So they invited us out for Thanksgiving. When we communicated back and forth by email, um, they told me nobody knew about me. Like not even their parents knew they had put a child up for adoption. Um, which I just, it's mind blowing. They kept that a secret mm -hmm. from everyone. So when they wanted to start communicating by phone, I said I would feel more comfortable if my siblings knew because I didn't want to darken the secret on their mm -hmm. end. So they found a time they were able to tell the kids. Um, and it was cool because that night, my sister and my mom called on the phone. I actually was at Robinson running the youth group, so I wasn't able to take the call. And my sister left a message and she's like, I have a sister and she was so excited. And within that next week, they started to tell the rest of the family. And I started getting emails from my aunts and uh, my grandmother sent me a note through Facebook. I mean, I have grandparents. I haven't had grandparents since I was 20 years old, you know, and I have three grandparents. So all of a sudden I'm getting this, you know, all kinds of welcoming into the family. My dad's side of the family is a big family. He's the oldest of six. Um, and so it was really cool. And, and so they asked us for Thanksgiving and Mark, Mark and I are like, yeah, originally Mark didn't think he'd get off work because he wasn't supposed to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he pretty much told his boss, I'm going to California. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we went out there and originally they were going to try and make it a little bit smaller because they didn't want to overwhelm me. And Mark and I both said, oh no, we're doing this. Let's just get it all over with. Who can be there can be there. Mm -hmm. And so we went out there and um, people you, asked me, was it awkward? But it really wasn't. Were you like really nervous flying out there? I actually wasn't. I don't know if Mark was, but I wasn't, you know. I don't know why. I think there's been just so many times in my life, like taking a chance of moving to Texas and, you know, us moving out here to Pittsburgh that I was like, all right, let's just go for it, yeah. you know. And so we did that, and it was great. It was, uh, it was very, I mean, nothing about it was awkward. And it, they'll even tell you, it just seemed like an easy fit. Like, like we've always just been around and it's it's been cool and and i know my mom gail was a little bit nervous about her dad meeting us um because i guess he's pretty much just tells it like it is <laughs> and so she was afraid you know who knows what may come out of her dad saying that but he was super nice super friendly and it's it's been great 
So that was Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. and then you went out again for Christmas and spent a good bit of time there. Yeah, spent another week there. I spent Christmas with them, got to do their Christmas traditions, and it was great. I mean, it's cool because remember, I have this distorted view on family, and all of a sudden I have this family, like, I hear from someone in my new family, my birth family, every single day. I'm used to hearing from family every two, three months, you know? And so that's been really cool. Like they, they want me part of their life, you know? Um, and the most recent news is a few weeks ago, my parents sent me an email and they wanted to send me in an email just so I wouldn't feel on the spot and I could have time to think about it. And they, illegal, they legally want to adopt me into their family. Um, which I was like, you can do that. <laughs> you know? I was like, what do you mean? That's weird. But then I looked into it and I'm like, how cool is that? <laughs> that they legally want me to be part of their family. Just to have all the rights and privileges of yeah. being their daughter. Yeah. And so I look back and, you know, that song, God's not done with me, that he's going to finish what he started. God's finished. He's He's finishing the story from the beginning of me and just showing me, you have people that have always loved you and this is what family looks like. And it's just, it's such a blessing. It really mm -hmm. is. And I still sometimes don't know how to process the emotions or thoughts of it. I mean, I've joked with my prayer group. I, I may need counseling. I don't know. <laughs> One minute I'm crying, the next minute I'm okay. I'm actually surprised I didn't cry. It's probably because I have brought, tissues yeah, here. Brought, yeah. So... Uh, then take us to the last decision. You guys are going to move out there so you can really become immersed in this, this new family and catch up on a lot of years. Yeah, I think this whole experience has really just made Mark and I realize we need to be with family. Um, and so we decided, we had talked about Austin, where his family is, or my family in California. And we really, there's a short amount of time for us to really get to know them. And mm. so we really spent some time praying about it and talking about it and just feel that the Lord is calling us to go to California and really build those relationships and be a family. I mean, I have two nieces that are awesome. They're great. They're fifth grade and eighth grade. Well, a few years they'll be off to college and we'll, mm -hmm. you know, miss that chance of really building that relationship and how it's hard to build a relationship in Pittsburgh versus California. Right. You know, how could we even do that successfully? And so, yeah, we want this opportunity um, to move to California. Of course, I think Mark picked California because he can snowboard and he can go boating, which he loves both of those. <laughs> <laughs> good choice. It's not Texas, so it's a good choice. Hey. <laughs> it's full, full circle. California. All the way back to I know, which actually frustrates me a little bit because I told all those people that I wasn't going to be back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Granted, you know, that was 26 years ago, mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm like, darn it. But <laughs> yeah, going back to California, I guess always California at heart. Well, we're going to miss you here uh, in many, many different levels, and, and we so appreciate your ministry here and uh, all, the, all the contributions uh, that you've uh, uh, given to our staff and uh, uh, the the youth pastors and the ministry at large, and uh, but we're just excited to see what God does next and uh, how He's 
going to continue to tell your story. Not, he's not, still not done, right? <laughs> nope. The song, the song goes on. So, but I appreciate you sharing this and, uh, and opening your heart. Adopted three times, three very different yet life-changing ways. What an incredible story that God is still writing in Lorraine's life. Thanks so much for joining us today. 